When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met fellow adventurers, now it is time to begin the mission in Sarnguard Island with the quest. The mission begins. Upon the word of Fame Poland, your mission to investigate the events unfolding on Sarnguard Island has begun. And so begins. The mission begins. A heavy weighing cast down from a grim early morning sky drums against the drawn shutters of the Thane's windows as Twithick's overlord at long last relates to you the news you've been waiting to hear. Time for you to travel to Sargard as a wife. I assume you're ready, my friend, he asks, though he seems reasonably certain of your response and plays little mind to waiting for one. The time is now. The stage has been set. All that remains is for us to play our part in it. I should wish you to go at once. It does not trouble you. You're, you're sure the Thane you are ready to set out immediately, and he nods. Must say, in many ways I envy you, he says, as if fondly recalling his younger days of high adventure. My duty did not keep me penned in this city, and this wretched keep. I would gladly don a wing like the one I've given you, and the two of us might stir up more trouble on the old isle than is good for anyone. Well, I suppose I should neither wish for things, nor make for such things, nor make light of the perilous endeavour you're about to undertake. It's a peril you must never forget, Soup, for it is certain to be ever at your heels. Suddenly... Thane Pollard reaches out and takes hold of your hand, turns it over, and presses a small object into your palm. When he withdraws his hand, you are surprised to discover an odd-looking wooden pendant, resting nearly, neatly in the cup formed by your upturned hand. The curious item has been carved in the likeness of a griffin, but appears to be somehow cut in half. Given to me ten years ago by a dear friend, who was supposed to fetch me luck. Ten years ago, Zoop, I was hunting the enemies of man on the untamed frontiers of the kingdom, and I dare say swiftly making a name for myself in the process. Now, a decades later, I oversee merchant squabbles in a city drowning in a sea of pickpockets and house robbers. I suppose luck and fortune are what you make of them, but it brings you all, I hope it brings you all the luck it brought me. It's a griffin pendant, but only half of it. You thank him for the pendant. This wooden pendant, carved in the likeness of a griffin in fight, appears to be cleaved in half, 
perhaps from the mighty blow of some bladed weapon. This curious item was given to you by Thane Poland upon your departure for Songard Island. The Thane told you it was given to him by a dear friend several years ago, and that it was supposed to bring him good fortune. Thane Poland tells you you are to come and go from the Isle as needed. You need only report to him the events he, you feel he may take interest in. You must take Kate care with regard to secrecy, he warns you. Do not ever believe you are not being watched, and you must not become too close to those you are watching. It is a task to which, attached, to which I attach no small degree of danger. Parter notices you, Soup, who have undertaken it. The Thane turns and places his hand on his shoulder. Still, I will not rest easy until you are once and all, once and for all, back safe and sound with the proper kingdom underfoot. He says, you go, as always my prayers. To travel to Sangard Island via the portal in Trind Keep. Choose to visit choose to visit visit Keep in Eastern Trithic or for your residence in the Keep itself. 32 experience to general and that closes this mission and from now on I can go to Sangard Island and back at will at least until whatever business I'm doing there is done. So, for the foreseeable, I can go back and forth to Sangard at will. So, I'm just going to save now. And then, I'm going to make my way to, to my residence. And then visit the portal chamber. You once again find yourself standing the long, empty womb in the lower chambers, levels of Truand Keep, against a black back wall of which hovers the portal that will get you to Sangard Island. To taking care to make certain the door is closed, you step forward and examine the pulsing, the pulsing black vortex. A low hum fills the chamber. Step into the portal. You, make, you check to make certain you are wearing a wing of disguise, which you are. You take one last look at the chamber you're in before stepping into the swirling portal. Everything goes black. You suddenly find yourself sitting upright on a cold, damp floor in a dark room. As your eyes adjust and your head stops swimming, you immediately realise you are back in the cave hidden in the forest south of the keep on the perilous shores of Sarngard. Hello? Pulsating sound reaches your ears as you remind of the portal. You turn to find the familiar, and this time reassuring vortex hovering against the back wall of the stone, jagged stone chamber. Hid of you, strands of dim light seep around the corner in the uneven passage as you quickly move wise to your feet and head in that direction, eager to remove yourself from the shadowy confines of the small cave. Once outside the cave, you make your way out across the forest and through the rolling hills to the north towards Sangard Keep. After a brief and uneventful trek, you find yourself passing through the rebuilt gates of the formidable fortress. Rising out of the rolling hills in the southeast corner of the Isle is the formidable human stronghold known as Sangard Keep, which has a link. 
Standing in the hilly southeast area of Sangal Island, it's the most recognisable symbol of humanity on the, on the forsaken island, Sangal Keep. Over the centuries since its abandonment, the keep fell into ruin, both at the hands of nature and of vile creatures that once again swarmed the isle. A, lar- a large-scale effort is currently underway to rebuild the keep, which is serving as the headquarters of Thane Mazibak, while he oversees the effort to retake the isle. Over the centuries since its abandonment, the keep has largely fallen to wound decay, though a monumental effort is currently underway to restore the fortress to its former glory. A large population of artisans and labourers toil at all hours of the day and night to see that the reconstruction of the keep proceeds on schedule. The keep is currently serving as the headquarters for Thane Mazabak, who is overseeing the Titian endeavour to reclaim the island from the savage hordes that have long overrun its shores. So there's an adventure for this location. Right now it's called Footsteps. Just after midnight you are aroused from from slumber by the sound of footsteps in the corridor outside your quarters in Sangard Keep. Move about the keep. You set off to explore the keep, taking care to avoid the places that remain hazardous due to construction effort that is currently underway. Although I can't, I can't avoid the places that remain hazardous because this place is a den of intrigue. Because that's all the places. So, uh, firstly, I'm going to visit the training yard. A jagged wooden fence surrounds the. The broad square of dirt and mud that temporarily serves the training yard for the soldiers stationed in and around the keep. Dozens of soldiers are hard at work within the confines of the fence, practicing with their weapons and learning the maneuvers and battle strategies that they hope will lead them to victory over the numerous and savage enemies of man that stalk the island. Okay, I'm going to spar with the soldiers training here. I don't think I'll actually learn much, but it's just to show off, really. It doesn't take long to find a willing partner amongst the dozens of soldiers actively practicing their combat skills in the training yard. A young soldier who's quick to inform you that he's already been on several patrols along the outer markers, draws his broadsword and playfully levels the blade at your chest. Just a bit of sport. No bite of the blade, he says, smirking. Take it easy on you for this first go. A few of the soldiers treading nearby pause for exercise and turn to watch the contest that's about to unfold between you and the young swordsman. Alright, fighting a young swordsman. It's a non-lethal combat. So quite a lot of quite a lot of, of magic is off the table because I don't want to kill anyone. So I can't, for example, use the Never or Energy Blast from Destruction Magic because there's no way you can tell Destruction Magic not to kill someone. And in the same way, I can't use... I can't use... I can't summon an Elemental... 
because they don't know how not to kill. But the thing is, I don't need to do any of that stuff because he's way, way weaker than me and he's only a plus three to roll. So I swing my mace at the enemy and the young swordsman swipes at you with the flat of his blade. And, ooh, he's getting a few hits in, but he is defeated. 2xp. The young man staggers back beyond the range of your blows and drops to his knees, soundly defeated. You step forward and reach down to help him regain his feet. He smiles as he accepts your hand and praises your combat prowess. Perhaps you'll be a sport and give some of us a go, says a nearby soldier as he and another man step forward and bow. Before you can either accept or decline the offer, both soldiers draw their swords and come at you from opposite directions, apparently eager to bestow upon you a lesson in humility. It's two sword-wielding soldiers. No problem. Ooh, brutal stroke for five damage. But that's the best they can do, and they are defeated. The two soldiers stagger back beyond the range of your blows, but immediately find yourself surrounded by three of their brothers in arms, each of them eager to send you to defeat. You nimbly dodge the first couple of swipes by your three new opponents before putting the sword-wielding soldiers on the defensive with a masterful counter-attack. It's three sword-wielding soldiers. They strike at you with the flat of their blades and are defeated. 5xp. The three soldiers, no, no match for your masterful combat but powers, throw up their arms and surrender. Each of the stunned swordsmen grow graciously before you and commend you on the level of skill displayed. You draw a wipe for yourself here, says one of the men you've just defeated, as his nurses a bruise are starting to form his soldier. Did we learn your name yet? You introduce yourself to the men, and each of them bows to you in turn. Quite pleased to meet you, Talis Junior, says one of says one of them as he steps forward and meets you in a shoulder cross. I expect we'll be hearing quite a bit more about you before very long. Well met. You wish the soldiers well as they turn and head off to resume their training in the yard. It's at the precise moment you suddenly become aware of a, of a lurking presence just behind you to your right. You turn around and find yourself face to face with Luakan. Worthy feet indeed, he says, leading you to believe he has witnessed your recent display of combat prowess. There aren't many men I know who can put down six opponents, thin soldiers no less, with barely a drop of with nearly a drop of sweat to show for it. Well done indeed. Yurikin's shrewd eyes now as he carefully studies your face, beginning to feel extremely uncomfortable under his glare. The sudden his eyes widen and he speaks again. Of course, I've seen similar feats before, he says, closing his eyes and turning his head slightly to the left. Why, just recently, in fact, I believe it was in Migspill, though I might well be mistaken, as my travels take me far and wide, you know. Yes, before quite, it's quite a display in one of the town's more interesting establishments. Actually, it's quite reminiscent of this one. Don't want you to claim to know who it was that I saw, I dare say. Dead hid one or two moves over on even you. At least as far as I can clearly recall. 
he struck off his comments and told Lokrin that your only interest is to put your Serbs' skills to work in service of Thakir, hoping to leave him the impression that his words had not rattled you. Such time will come, he says, before bowing, turning, and heading off across the training yard. When he is out of sight, you leave the yard and set off on your way. Alright, yep. Not surprisingly, given your recent heroic display of combat prowess, you find no one in the training yard willing to spar with you. Alright. Okay, what's the West Camp? The West Camp is a large, relatively flat expanse of ground to the west of the keep. It's become the main encampment for the vast multitude of soldiers stationed on Sangard. A sea of tents make up the centre of the camp, while on its southern edge a large corral and a long stable have been erected to seize the needs of the many horses employed by those in the service of the thane. In a grassy expanse to the west of the corral, a list field is being prepared to host a jousting tournament. The best jousters among the soldiers gathered on Sarngard will soon be competing in a tournament be overseen by both Thakir and Thane Mazabak. Okay, inquire about the incoming tournament. A young man hard at work setting fence posts along the northern perimeter of the list field pauses from his tour and tells you that the tournament is sure to be a spectacle as there are a handful of warriors among, amongst those gathered on Sangard who are considered to be expert jousters. Chances are Ash Turnbull will walk away from it as champion. He's won, nearly e- he's won nearly every tournament across the kingdom these past few years. I, fe- I feel a good thane is providing a prize himself. Not that not we'll leave him for want. Want, I dare say. The young man tells you that tournament won't be held until the list field has been deemed ready for completion and personally inspected by the thane. We're not quite there yet, he says. We're getting close. Won't be long now. Here they're about to start up with the trials. You thank him for the information and continue on your way. Visit the list field. The list field appears to be most mostly ready for the upcoming jousting tournament. Ask about and learn that anyone possessing necessary skills is invited to attempt the qualifying trials being won by Captain Westall on the west side of the ground, attempt to qualify for the joust. After a poorly told joke having to do with 50,000 gold and a barrel of ale being the entry field for the joust. Well, I have got 50,000 gold, but I don't know where I'll get an entire barrel of ale. The, the ruddy-faced the Captain Westall, a man of obvious physical Strength tells you that only sufficiently skilled horsemen knows adept at wielding the lance are to be considered for the tournament. We can't have just anyone bouncing along on a horse, waving waving a stick around, he says. You good with a lance, then? Steady in the saddle? To qualify, note. This is in a grey box, so, so as we all know, that means it's absolute true word of God sort of things. Note, to qualify for the tournament, you will need to have the skills of horsemanship 
and weaponry lances. Your level of mastery in both skills needs to be at least 30. You to seek to acquire the skill of weaponry lances. By spending a considerable amount of time and effort training with some of the other prospective jousters, it's possible to acquire the skill of weaponry lances that is required to participate in the tournament. You must have a mastery of at least 30 in weaponry to be able to acquire this skill. You may acquire the skill weaponry lances by spending 1,024 general experience or spending 512 experience specific to your weaponry skill or any of the weaponry sub-skills you possess. So, I could use general experience or any of the weaponry sub-skills that I've got. Now, I'm going to use weaponry pole arms because... I don't think I've ever equipped a polearm in this entire game. So I'll use that because I'm not going to miss it. Alright, I spent it and now I've got the skill of weaponry lances. Your current level of skill mastery is level 1, novice. Armed with, with your newly acquired skill with the lance, you are determined to increase your level of mastery to a level that will allow you to qualify for the upcoming tournament. It also needs horsemanship up. Also need to get horsemanship up to up to level 30, which means I have to learn horsemanship first. And it just so happens that I've heard there's a quest you can do here. That will teach you horsemanship. But that will be later. Resume your exploration of the keep. Seek an alright. Visit Thakir. Thakir, the commander of the forces stationed at Sangard Keep, has taken up residence with the large halls on the ground floor of the keep's main building. From here he oversees not only not only the rebuilding of the grand structure, but also, also the deployment and training of a small army of soldiers and mercenaries now gathered in and around the keep. Thakla always seems pleased to see you and to learn about your recent exploits on the isle. Converse with Thakla. Despite the pressing demands that consume nearly his every waking minute, Thakla. Commander of the forces stationed at Sangard Keep always seems willing to engage you in, a con in conversation. Okay, here's there's a box, and I can just enter whatever I want to talk about. Now, obviously, there's a very limited, limited list, list of things you can talk about. Maybe Poland. Do you have anything about that? Okay, maybe just pro Poland. Just Poland. Oh yes. Not wishing to speak ill of what well, yes, well, not wishing to speak ill of one of their kingdom's stains is Poland. I shall say nothing regard to him. His words, his deeds, and the state of the city has been tasked with overseeing. Speak volumes about the man. Ooh, 
Hmm. <laughs> what could that mean? Dane. Okay, Mazem. Okay, I'm gonna check the law. Law book. How do I spell Thane Mazemak? Alright, he's gonna have opinions on him, that's for sure. Alright, copy. Alright, yep, and close. What does he have to say? Converse. I've known the Thane a good many seasons, says Saku. He's a, he's a noble and just man, who's swift to anger, for he is indeed a man of great passion. Still, I sense there, there has, of late, been a change in him. I cannot yet put my finger on it, but something is different. I'm not entirely certain it's connected with the endeavour the art, but this whole affair does weigh heavily on his mind, night and day, as you might well expect. The commander pauses for a moment, and then says something that catches you off guard. I only wish you'd allow me to take the fight to the enemy, he says. I understand the need to rebuild the keep and protect it while it's being built, but a day only allows our enemies beyond the hold to gather strength. Hmm, 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 yes. Yes, so, I mean, even someone who knows a with some military experience says, Why aren't you fighting all these goblins and trolls? And various other beasties. We're just sitting here. Wow, we're just sitting here. Let's fight some stuff. So whatever his true goal is, it's not to conquer the island. There is something here he needs. Something he was told about in that book. Hmm. Well, maybe he's just being cautious, but... Caution isn't really a trait well-renowned amongst expert military strategists. Or at least expert military strategists that want something. Hmm. Okay. Son. Yard. Converse. Alright, maybe Son. Guard. I'll converse. Nope, he apparently knows nothing about it. Okay. Um, I can't think of anything right now. There's there's a very small list of things he can talk about because honestly, there's, there's a the, the GM is one guy and he can't spend he can't, he's not going to spend days upon days programming in little. Little snippets for everything you could possibly think of. Hmm, maybe Ash. Timburn? Nope, he doesn't know anything about him either. Okay, that's enough of that. There's an adventure for this location called The Outpost. Seek an audience with Dame Mazabak. He makes several cries with regards to possibility. Having an audience with Dane Mazabak, and are quite dismayed to discover that all such arrangements are made by Luke at the request of Commander Thakir. A good Thane is not taking any visitors at the moment, 
says the thin, sour-faced man derisively. I'd expect there is much a man of your talents could find himself busy with that does not involve bottling the flame. You turn and step away from Lucuin, resisting the temptation to snap back at him or strike him. It appears that the audience with the fame will have to wait. Or come about in another fashion. Well, I guess I'll get the audience with this thing. How I got an audience with the thane of Trific. By, com- by competing in a tournament of arms. And, but this one will be a tournament of arms on horses. Uh, by which I mean the joust. I have a feeling that one, if I win the joust, things will be revealed. Admittedly, I could just take part in the joust, but I'm going to win it. Of course I'm going to win it, even if I have to save, to save, to save scum my way to victory. Yes. All right, that's, so I can rest. Okay, so... Hmm, so there's two adventures on this island that I can do right now. Footsteps or the outpost. Okay, those I think those are pretty short. So I'll do them both. I'll do I'll do some I'll do at least one of them at the start, and then we'll see how much time we have left. Adventures for this location. Because I don't want this to be a two-hour episode, because everyone thinks, wow, two hours? That's too long. I don't want to down. I don't want to hear that yet. Footsteps. Just after midnight, you were roused from your slumber by the sound of footsteps in the corridor outside your quarters in Soundguard Keep. Start the adventure. It is, it is the distant echo of footfalls, the passage outside your quarters in St. Guard Keep that rouses you from, from your light sleep and inexplicably fills you with a deep sense of dread. The pale light of the moon shines t- into your small room through a lone, thin, high window in the east wall and a quick glance through the lofty portal portrays the hour as some time not long after midnight. Instinctively, you gather up your belongings and hurriedly ready yourself, attempting to dress and equip yourself as quickly as quietly as possible. As the footsteps fade into distance, you steal forward to the door of your chamber and unlatch it. Drawing the white, the weighty oaken slab slowly inward, you peer around it into the unlit corridor. Twenty yards away to your right, a lone figure, garbed in robes and hooded, reaches the end of the hall and quickly looks from side to side before turning into a passage on the left. You carefully close your door and move quickly along along the corridor in pursuit. You reach the corner of the the passage and cautiously peer around it, much to your surprise, the woe hooded figure, now obviously that of a slightly built man, is no more than ten yards away, standing before a door set into the left wall of the corridor. You recall call that this, this door is normally guarded. 
as as are many of the corridors and passages in this keep. But tonight there appears to be no guard in sight. The figure pushes it open and steps through, closing it softly behind himself. You wait for several moments and move up to the door. After listening for nearly a minute, you become convinced that whoever has opened it is no longer on the other side. You gently open the door and find yourself at the top of a steep, narrow set of steps spiralling down into the shadows. Flickering lamps hang from iron pegs driven into the walls at semi-regular intervals, their dim light making your your descent less treacherous than might otherwise proven in total darkness. As you make your way, as you near what you perceive to be the bottom of the stairs, you distinctly hear the closing of the door from somewhere below. You reach the bottom of the steps and arrive at a wide passage that ends at a closed door nearly 20 yards from where you now stand. Certain that this is the door you heard about while you were descending the stairs. Heard closed while you were descending the stairs. You move swiftly along the corridor. When you are within 10 yards of of the door, voices from behind the ancient wooden slab suddenly shatter the silence. You cover the remainder of the distance and carefully press your ear up against the door in an effort to hear what is being said on the other side. You can make out three voices, two deep and gravelly, one thin and rasping. All are equally menacing. By the sounds of it, the discussion is becoming quite heated. He will be dealt with, says the thin voice, but not like the last one. You two, can, you two could have easily done it already. But again, I trusted myself to your utter incompetence. Bite your tongue, fool, snaps one of the deeper voices. You shouldn't forget your manners, neither your allegiance. You've been amongst them just a bit too long. There's always a danger in that. This is pointless, grumbles another deep voice. It will be done at the time of his choosing and not before. Besides, he of whom you speak may prove somewhat useful for the next small while. Your plans are hardly interrupted by it either way. Go about your work and leave our matters to be. Here is the bag. They are burned and of no use to anyone. It will now. Have you learnt anything of the book? I have not yet recovered it, and indeed the trail seems to have gone cold. Hisses the thin, rasping voice. No doubt the girl had it at the inn, but there was hardly time to search it. The only other possibility is she still possesses it. That would be most disheartening. Perhaps we best take the wheel book out from under the nose of the Mastane, howls the deep voice. We'd rather trust our lot. lot. I'll up to it than to some copy squalled in haste. Okay, then whoever these people are, they are not on the side of the Thane, and presumably they are not on my side because I'm the Thane's only agent left here. And Mercy Uriel, but they're not on her side, so there's these three sides here that we know of. There's Thane Mazabak, who I'm pretty sure is also Blue Cape. There's Thane Porrand and me. 
Who's on objectives? I'm going to say lineup almost exactly. And there's these guys. I wouldn't be surprised if more were revealed soon. By all means, if you're you've the metal, ha ha at it! Hisses the hin voice with obvious derision. You'll sooner be without your head than outside the chamber with that book. We will find the other. It is close. I have foreseen it. Oh, and I am seldom wrong on such matters. You will do well to remember that. You will do do well to remember our allegiance is not owed to this human lord or any of his meek subordinates, growls the second deep voice. Find the book and we will see to the rest. Oh dear, human lord. But presumably that means whoever's beyond this door are not human. What could they be? Kogawi? Tazel? Dragons in disguise? Shadow beasts? A bunch of ants wearing human skin? Who knows? Who knows? But perhaps we'll find soon enough. The conversation abruptly ceases and you can plainly hear two sets of feet shuffling in the direction of the door. Will us at once. You must act immediately. So keep from being discovered. So I could use feathery, illusion, telekinesis, shadow magic, attempt to reach the stairs before the door opens, or remain where you are and confront whoever is behind the door. Now the thing is, if I attempt to reach the stairs, that will be noisy and reveal there is someone watching them. And then they'll probably investigate and find out, hmm, could be me, who knows. I'm going to use the skill of illusion. Succeeded. Challenging your deceptive discipline, you carefully create the illusion of an empty corner of the passage, behind which you remain perfectly concealed. Only a moment later, the door swings open. And two cloaked and hooded figures step into the corridor and snarl along it. As, as the two figures pass by, unaware that you are but a breath away, you are shocked to discover these beings are Tazil. <gasps> oh no. Uh, that's bad news. As it is, it is apparent that this creature is in the process of changing into human form. For while they walk along the Along the passage on our, on legs, broad reptilian faces peer out from underneath the overhang of their hoods. Two Tazal reach the top of the stairs and pause for a moment before starting up the steps. As they climb, you are sickened to witness them continue to rapidly change form, completing their insidious guises. That will allow them to walk undetected amongst the world of amongst the men, sun god. You listen as the two Tazal complete their ascent, step off, and step off the stairs into the passage above, closing the door behind them. Certain that you are now alone in the passage, you creep forward and peer around the door behind which the two Tazal will emerge. Eager to resume your pursuit of the road figure you've been trailing. 
Beyond the door, a narrow corridor runs for several yards and ends at the second door. The door at the end of this new passage is closed. You steal along the short passage and press your ear up to the door as you listen intently for any sounds that would indicate someone was lingering directly behind it. When your efforts are met with silence, you slowly open the door and find yourself at the top of a flight of steep steps spiralling down into darkness. Taking care not to lose your footing on the stairs, begin a cautious descent further into the depths of the keep. You reach the bottom of the stairs and proceed along a short length of passage that ends at a decayed wooden door. I'm getting too deep. I mean, if something turned up, I couldn't get back to the safe areas in very quickly and no one would hear me if I screamed. The door has been left slightly ajar and after listening to it for several moments and hearing nothing, You slowly push it open to reveal a long, empty corridor. A quick glance along along your shoulder reveals you are still alone. Without further delay, you step cautiously into the hall beyond the door and silently swing the half-rotten slab back into pace behind you. You're standing at the far western end of a long, broad passage, The corridor is lit at odd intervals by lamps dangling from iron pegs thrust into heavy stone blocks that make up the walls. Some of the lamps are dark, but most continue to flicker dimly, emitting a pale yellow glow that seems to lend a more sinister character to this lonely passage. Though you could easily retreat, reap through the door and ascend the steps, leaving batters as they stand. You are determined to continue your pursuit of the world figure and attempt to discover the nature of his furtive, nate-like movements. Well, we know that he is in league with Tazor, which, as, which, as, which of course means he's a bad guy. But what he's planning, other than it being bad, I do not yet know. Alright, going east, you steal silently along the dim, musty corridor, hoping to catch a glimpse of the shadowy figure, those distant footsteps now and again reach your ears out of the gloom overhead. Alright, I'm still at the bottom of this this dungeon, south south end of this dungeon, going west. Oops, something's coming up the next time. What could it be? Your cautious progress along the corridor comes to a abrupt halt as you find yourself faced with a massive, faintly glowing orb that spans nearly the entire width of the passage. You recognise the gas, the ghostly silver orb to be a well-crafted and deadly magical snap that will likely unleash the energy it contains upon contact with living flesh. There's little doubt that whoever is pursuing your following has left behind this perilous snare to deter any would-be pursuers. So, I can use Akania, Gating, Shadow Magic, Telekinesis, I could just try to squeeze past it, or I can head back to the west, but I'll just have to come here again, so I'm definitely not doing that. 
I will use the power of Arcania, which is actually a skill. You have successfully used it. 16 XP to Arcania. Using your mastery of Arcania and your own magical abilities, you managed to successfully counteract and dispel the magic that created the glowing orb. The spear begins to flicker as the magic that gives its substance starts to unravel. Without warning, the orb flares brightly and then vanishes, leaving no trace of itself behind. Okay. Okay, now I'm in the southeast corner. Okay, I'm going north now. It's kind of going snaking, snaking back and forth. All right, another passage. Ooh, it's another one of those orbs. You recognize the ghostly silver orb to be a well-crafted and deadly magical snare that will likely unleash least the energy it contains upon contact with living flesh. The little doubt that whoever you're pursuing has left behind this powerless snare to deter any would-be pursuers. So, so, I can do the same thing as before. This time, I will use gating. It succeeded. 16 XP to gating. You close your eyes and channel your power of gating. A low pulsating hum fills the passage as a swirling black portal opens in front of you. You step into an Evoral gate and emerge only a moment later from a second portal, a few yards from the glowing orb. Suddenly, without warning, the orb flares brightly and then vanishes, leaving no trace of itself behind. Okay, there's some sort of alcove to the north, and the passage turns to the west. What's to the north? You're hanging in a small alcove just to the north of the corridor you've been following. Now, presumably, there was a little, there was a question mark in this place, so there must be something there. I'll use Arcania. Nope. What about Thievery? Succeeded. 64 XP to Thievery. Your trained eye suddenly spots a faint impression around one of the blocks in the northern wall of the alcove. A closer examination reveals the block is indeed loose and could be extracted from the wall with relatively little difficulty. To making certain you are still alone in this part of the passage, you set about removing the block from the wall. It takes a few minutes to slide out the weighted piece of stone. The effort is soon rewarded. With a small hollow behind the behind the block lays a lays a dust laden cloth sack. You open the dusty stack and discover it contains three small emeralds, two small rubies, and an ornate dagger with a deep crimson hilt. The pummel of the dagger is engraved to resemble a horrifying scowling face. Bottom of the bag, you discover a scrap of tilt of, of tattered brittle paper bearing the word fizzle. Decide to take the items with you. The emerald, in the white place, this small emerald would likely fetch a fair price. And ruby, the white place, this small ruby would likely fetch a fair price. 
I'm going to guess that those things were for bribes. Because it's a way to bribe people. Because, I mean, they're not identifiable, like notes or... Or even a particularly skilled nunicist might be able to trace a coin. Especially if, say, you put little marks on them. Or they, or they, it's five little serial numbers in. So you could tell where the coins have gone. It's not banknotes, so they don't have serial numbers. And of course, there's a lot of wealth density you can shove in a very small space. I mean, if you tried to bribe yourself with coins, you'd have to haul around an entire sack of the stuff. Stuff to get the sort of bribe you need someone to commit high treason over. And that's hard to conceal. But emeralds and rubies? Yeah, you, you, could, you could hide them. You could hide them easily enough. You know, just shove them in, 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 in inside the lining of your jacket. Put a couple in the heels of your shoes. Maybe just put, put, just hide them under your tongue even. Temporarily while you think of something else. Yes, that's probably what they're for. An unidentified red-hilted dagger. It's a weapon. It's stabbing. The deep red hilt of this ornate dagger. Is reminiscent of the colour of blood. The pommel of this weapon is engraved to resemble a howling, scowling, horrifying, scowling face. This weapon is of magical quality. It hasn't yet been identified. So I'll have to do that once this quest is over. And I can get to a safe place where I can bring out this dagger without anyone knowing. Hey, you've been to our place. Well, you've probably heard our secrets, so now we have to stab you. After replacing the stone block in the wall, you once again set off on your way along the passage. What could it identify as? Hmm. Oh, I'm going west now, and it's another question mark. It's another one of those orbs that spans near the entire corridor. Time to use shadow magic. Just check there's no one around that knows uh, knows it's shadow magic. Alright, 16xp to shadow magic. A chorus of shrill whispers fills your head as the shadows around you lengthen and contort, and contort, forming a broad band of gloom that gently wraps itself around the glowing orb. Slowly but steadily, the wide arm of shadow drags the spear to the right side of the passage, Leaving you just enough room to squeeze past it on the left. You slip by the orb and into the passage beyond. Suddenly, without warning, the orb flares brightly and then vanishes. Then vanishes, leaving no trace of itself behind. Okay, snaking to the west. Now it goes north and there's another one. Another one of those those passage-spanning orbs. Time to use telekinesis on it. Yes. yes. I always like it. I like it when you have 
the different options, but they give you enough things to practice on so you can use all of them. Calling upon your mastery, telekinesis, you utilize your mastery of mind over matter to gently move the glowing orb. This is the far left side of the passage, taking care not to let it touch the wall. Your painstaking effort pays off, leaving you just enough wound to squeeze past the white side of the spear. You slip past the orb and into the passage beyond, suddenly, without warning. The orb flares brightly and then vanishes, leaving no trace of itself behind. Oh dear, we're up to 50 minutes now. Alright, I'm going northeast, east, east. Alright, it's curling round to the south now, this big snaky passage. What could it be? Oh, it's another one of those orbs. So now, I shall use the fifth. So the fifth attempt, an attempt to squeeze past the orb. Or attempt to slip past the orb without making contact with it. Got a bonus of 41. 20 from agility. 11 from thievery and 10 from luck. So, I have a... Actually, I think I have a greater chance of success with this than with some of the skills. Or maybe all the skills. I've got to get got to get nine or more. So yeah. Actually more likely to succeed this way. Hmm. Pick the number. 128. Success. You've slipped past the orb with barely an inch to spare and are now standing in the middle of the passage, just beyond the glowing sphere. Suddenly, without warning, the orb flares brightly and vanishes, leaving no trace of itself behind. I mean, how does it know I've passed? Can it just tell the people? Mm. I, I'm not going to question that. Okay, going east now. And I'm going north. Cautiously. Oh, okay. It's another one of those orbs. If I head back south, nothing happens. So, which one should I use? Honestly, I, I, I like... I like Akania, because I look like a freaking genius. Where do you go, oh, you've laid a trap. Well, what trap? I've just dispelled it. I mean, sneaking past is one thing. And just brute-forcing magic, but Akania... That's a smart way past. Utilizing your mastery of Arcania 16xp and your own magical abilities, you managed to successfully counteract and dispel the magic that created the glowing orb. The spear begins to flicker as the magic that gives its substance starts to unravel. Suddenly, without warning, the orb flares brightly and then vanishes, leaving no trace of itself behind. Okay, I'm near the end now. To the north, in the northeast part of this dungeon, is what I can assume is the final, final question mark. As you approach the end of the passage, a faint but clearly discernible scraping sound reaches your ears. A shallow impression against the west wall of the corridor presents itself, and you instinctively tuck 
tuck yourself into it as your eyes scour the gloom ahead for any sign of the subject you've been following. After waiting for several minutes, with no clear view of the end of the car, you cautiously creep forward as your eyes fall upon the stone wall at the end of the passage and the shadowy figure standing before it. Standing at the very edge of the passage, facing away from you, is the road figure you first began following in the passage just outside the quarters. Your eyes are suddenly drawn to the floor behind the figure, upon which rests a long, broad object with a tapered end. You strain your eyes to pierce the gloom, and your pulse begins to waste, when you suddenly realise you are looking at the black, scaled tip of the serpent's tail. Hmm, different colour. I presume that's the boss of them? Perhaps? Despite having already encountered the pair of Tazel earlier, the thought that the figure you've been training is also one of the vicious snake men seems particularly unnerving. The thick tip of the reptilian snail tail moves slowly from side to side, reproducing the faint scraping you heard only moments ago. At the other Tazwell, this one also appears to be at some point halfway between human and reptilian form. Right. As the initial shock of your surprising discovery fades, you watch with bated breath as the rogue creature, his back still turned to you, removes a wide slab of loose stone from the wall at the end of the passage. You then hear what sounds like something being slid across stone followed by the grating of the slab being pushed back into place. Something has just been placed into the wall. Without warning, the world figure turns around. The first time, you can see the broad tip of the reptilian snout and two brilliant silvered yellow, silvered yellow eyes, now even further, as the attempt to pierce deep, the deep gloom that lurks all along this last level of passage. You press yourself further back against the wall inside the small nook, praying that the pressure is deep enough to conceal you. Suddenly, a loud crimson wall erupts from the end of the passage, and a column of silver crimson flames rises up from the floor and consumes the robe tassel. A moment later, the flames have vanished leaving only a charred mark on the floor where the vile creature once stood. For several minutes. Okay, so... Flaming teleport from this snake thing. Flaming teleport from the guy in the brown robes, who was probably Lukuin. Okay, so Lukuin is in league with the snake men. And... While at the same time being be, being Thay Mazabak and Thakir's busybody go-to administrator boring stuff guy. Okay, is he a double agent? Is he a double agent? Or is he just a traitor? Who is he really following? Hmm. Yes, yes. I mean, is he re is it is his true allegiance in line with the Snake Men or with Thane Mazabak? 
or is it even, or is he just a traitor for hire and he doesn't really care? Yes. Hmm. I'm just presuming that only one side uses this flaming teleport thing. Because it, it looks like the sort of thing you don't spread around. For several minutes, you remain pressed into the small nook, watching and listening for any sign of the turn of the road figure. When it becomes apparent you are at last alone, you steal out of the oppression that concealed you and move up to the end of the passage. The loose stone that the figure removed is easy to discern, and amongst, amongst the others that make up the wall, and you quickly pull it out, revealing a small hollow behind it that contains a worn leather bag. You retrieve the bag and eagerly open it, hoping to at last find some answers to the strange business that has brought you down into the depths of the keep this night. You're somewhat surprised to discover the bag contains half a dozen charred scrolls. You quickly examine the charred scrolls and are shocked to discover that each is covered in with strange, intricate symbols. The very same sort of symbols that filled the leather brown journal you discovered in the Five Knots Inn in Migsborough. Hmm. Okay, so wait. So the one I found in that inn is a copy? And that, that's what they're saying implied. So it might not be a, be a very good copy... Presumably, the, these no, these scrolls are what are copies of what they could get copy out while they still had the book, or could look at the book, or could look at a copy of the book, or could read the minds of someone who's looked at the book, or looked at the looked. But the real book is in the hands of Thane Masabak, and everybody wants the book. While attempting to to contemplate the meaning of what you've come across, a sudden noise to your white startles you. You twirl in direction of the sound, dropping the charred scrolls in the process. There, in the shadowy corner at the end of the passage, stands the cloaked figure you followed into the corridor, now fully human in form. Hooded figure steps forward, though not close close enough for you to make out his face in the gloom. In a wasping and perhaps disguised voice, addressed you in a tone that betrays bitter contempt. A thief in the night won't prowls these halls, growls the figure. Your meddling is tiresome, unappreciated, and at long last over. Before you can react to this to this unsettling development, the figure raises his white arm and makes and makes a throwing motion with his open hand. A splatter of what appears to be blood strikes the floor before him, and almost immediately a reef of fire springs up around the solid area. A chilling hiss fills the air as the broad, angled head of a thick neck of a black-scaled serpent rises out of the flaming wing. The massive serpent continues to rise out of the wing of fire, Hissing viciously as it stretches wide its fanged jaws, 
A fiery glow suddenly envelops the snake's head, and before you can react, a blast of fire erupts from its mouth and strikes the wall behind you, coming within a few inches of its life. The serpent closes its mouth and then begins to stretch it open again, apparently preparing to unleash another deadly blast of flame. Then, unpredictably, the beast slithers rapidly towards you. Every insect screams at you to flee from this creature. I'm going to check some things for Okay, I've checked. This is one of those super tough, unbeatable uber fights that you're not supposed to do. And even... And yes, it's way too much MR and way too much SP. It's If I fight it, it will kick my ass unless I run. So I'm just going to flee immediately right now. But maybe if, if you bought a load of packages, or maybe back to Kickstarter, you might be strong enough to take it on. But I didn't, and I, well, I did, but not for this account. So I can't. Flee immediately. You turn and take flight along the gloomy corridor, hoping to be able to outdistance the fearsome, fire-breathing serpent, now rapidly slivering along the passage behind you. You've made it about a quarter of the way to the stairs that will lead you up and out of the lower level, when a thick, quick glance over your shoulder reveals the shadowy serpent is rapidly gaining on you. Thin wisps of flame sweep out from around the edges of the hideous sweptar's massive jaws, illuminating almost the entirety of the passage in short, staggered burst, despite the growing pain stabbing through your le- legs and lungs. The sound of the serpent scale sliding across the stone floor drives you to pick up the pace in an attempt to put an even greater distance between you and the deadly creature. Pick a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from agility, 20 from body, 20 from spirit. I'll get 50 or more, so I cannot fail. I got 101. The tips of the flames hurtling from the gaping moor. More the approaching serpent brushing along your back, forcing you to stifle a painful cry as you redouble your effort to outdistance the shadowy reptile. You've made it about halfway back to the col- to the stairs that will lead you up and out of the lower level when a quick glance over your shoulder feels the shadowy serpent is rapidly gaining on you. The thin wisps of flame seep out from around the edges of the hideous reptile's jaws, illuminating almost the entire entirety of the passage in short, staggered bursts. Despite despite the glowing pain stabbing through your legs and lungs, the sound of the serpent scales sliding along the stone floor drives you to pick up, up the pace in an attempt to put an even greater distance between you and the deadly creature. I pick a number, same bonus, but now, since I'm more tired and the snake's more hungry, I've got to get 55 or more. 88. The tips of flames hurtling from the gaping wall of the approaching serpent brush across your back, forcing you to stifle a painful cry as you redouble your effort to outdistance the shadowy reptile. 
You made it nearly three quarters of the way back to the stairs. It will lead you up and out of the lower level. And a quick glance over your shoulder reveals the shadowy serpent is rapidly gaining on you. The thin wisps of flame seep out around the edges of the hideous reptile's massive jaws, illuminating almost the entirety of the passage in short, staggered bursts. Despite the growing plane staggering through your legs and lungs, the sound of the serpent's scowls sliding across the stone floor drives you to pick up the pace in an attempt to put an even greater distance between yourself and the deadly creature. Pick a number. Same bonus, now I've got to get 60, because I'm just so tired and painful. 138. The tips of the flames hurtling from the gaping roar of the approaching serpent brush across your back, forcing you to stifle a painful cry as you redouble your effort to outdistance the shadowy reptile. Out of breath and with your legs spent, you reach the door at the end of a long corridor, which is thankfully still ajar, and hopefully pull it fully open. You rush through onto the winding stairway where well beyond, pulling the door closed behind you. Less than a split second later, the weighty slab of hope is, is violently rattled by a powerful blast of flame. The flicking on tips of which poke through, through the gaps in the ancient decaying timbers. Silence follows the blast, and after nearly a minute, you cautiously open the door a crack and peer, it, peer out along the passage. There is no longer any sign of the shadowy serpent. Relieved that the horrid beast is gone, but with no desire to remain here even a moment longer, you turn and rush up the spiraling stairs. Listen at the door at the top of the stairs for several minutes. Only when you're certain the passage, the other side is empty, do you quietly open it and make your way back to the keep's main level. You do not immediately return to quarters, but instead move cautiously through the many passages to the keep's main level, ever wary of the first sign of potential danger. The few guards from you pass on the early track, recognise and greet you, seeming to pay little mind any possible motives for your late night wandering. After a while, largely convinced that any intimate power has passed, and growing, growing ever more aware with every step, you make your way back to your quarters and settle down for what proves to be the sleepless remainder of the night. With your weight, as you wait eagerly for morning's first night, your mind is filled with a dizzling way of thoughts related to last night's event. The robed figure, apparently a tazzle, and the two and tazzle you encounter in the lower passage, the charred scrolls hidden in, in the wall at the end of a winding corridor, and certainly not least the shadowy, fire-breathing serpent that nearly pursued you to your doom. You are presently uncertain as to what all this points to, but you are confident that it is only a first hint of a matter both secretive and sinister. Perhaps most disheartening at all, with no solid idea of who, who you can and cannot trust within the walls of the fortress. Realise your best course of action is to write nothing of what you discover to anyone, at least for now. As the day's first pallid stream of light pokes through the low, narrow window set into the east wall of the chamber, you find yourself never having been more appreciative of the arrival of dawn. That finishes this adventure.
512 experience to general. And it unlocks. Nope, nope. Nope. The next adventure isn't unlocked yet. And, but the. Alright, I'm gonna save. Next time, I'm going to do the task for Fakir called The Outpost. Well, where I will presumably be fighting the goblins or maybe the trolls. It's kind of a relief, relief to fake people who are open about wanting to kill you. And you know who they are and you know where they are. And it's just good old fashioned fight to the death. No sneakery. Yes, that'll be a relief. To just just to go into a brutal combat against vicious monsters. Far better. Far, far, it's kind of relaxing after this general feeling of dread and tension. And knowing, not knowing who you can trust. Who's good, who's bad, who's worse, who's ugly. Yes. But, but that will be for next time. But until then, farewell. Fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.